There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Jethro, we got to immediately get an update from you. I think Matt was able to watch every minute of all 24 <laughs> hours. I I was a little busy. What, what happened? Um, it's a long story, Dax. It's a long, dark, twisted tale of heartbreak, broken metal, and uh, dented egos. <gasps> oh, no, 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 no. Did you have an off? <laughs> um, it, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, let, me, let, me, let me go through what happened. So, oh, no. First of all, I love you. And I love you whether you're a great driver or a bad driver. I just want to say that up front. I'm going to talk about it. I won't go too in-depth. But it's interesting just getting back into a race car for a first time in a while in an intense situation but crucially with all the factory guys because although it's not anything even close to f1 it does give you an insight into the level that you're expected to perform at the pressure the data analysis the endless meetings like it's actually incredibly intense and you can see how people like danny for example get locked into this downward spiral because there's so much going on you never have time for a mental reset and it feels like you just don't get a breather from the whole thing well first of all i did watch some of it uh matt gave us all a link and i did watch some of it and it was right when there was a pretty huge crash so most of the track is full blast and then you guys are slowing down for all this there's huge trucks removing the repairing the guardrail everything's still open yeah and yeah i was keeping my eye on like wow who's this is now like a artificial chicane there's two cars like on either side and all these trucks that looked intense yeah so that that's the key so effectively because the track is so big you have no chance for a safety car. It's just too big. You can't do safety car lap for 16 miles. It's ridiculous, especially if there's only, let's say, 0.2 of a mile where there's a problem. So you have a really complex system where you have single yellow flag, which is similar to F1, but there is no need to slow down. There's no speed limit. It just means caution and no overtaking. So, But, but I missed a section where it went from code 120 effectively into a code 60 I, oh. I missed about 200 yards of it or something there was no car on the track it was on the grand prix track and the car was way off in the distance so we got a penalty effectively mm. um which put us at the back of our starting grid plus a two minute time penalty for our first pit stop so Ooh. it's huge and that was on your shoulders and i was on my shoulders yeah and it was, it's my mistake i felt awful about it but i was like it's such a complex system and it's unique. So anyway, we started on the back foot. Um, wasn't that big of an issue. And it did give us an advantage in that we could run one extra lap uh, for the first in. So we had an advantage. We put um, the M test driver in Jorg Wiedinger, who's super quick. He made up loads of places. I got in second and had a fantastic stint, like loved it. Mm -hmm. Felt completely at home with the car, really happy, made up places. I think you you passed like 10 cars. Yeah, it was- Oh, Matt has you passing yeah. 10 cars. Yeah, in the first I mean, your, your live stream from the qualifying issue 
after you got out was incredible. He was so pumped and just bright. Like you were lit up like we're back. This yeah. feels so yeah. good. You've Sweating. redeemed yourself. You've, yeah. And then yeah. There was a big uh, there was a big swing and the team were like, "Oh, you did so well. It was a really good stint, massive improvement." And I was like, "Oh, man, thank God for that." Um I'm back to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like I'm like I was just like I'm back. I, I can cope with this. And then <laughs> Nighttime, we were doing double stints, so I got in the car at 10.30 or so. Did the first stint fine, but at night it becomes even more intense. And I was like, this is pretty hard work. And the mm. margins are so, so fine. But I felt pretty confident. They called me after six laps and like, can you do the double? I was like, yeah, I can do it. Overtook a car exactly the same as mine, but having the lights in your mirrors uh, all the time, yeah. having one, it's different when a car comes up, like one of the big boys comes up to you, overtakes you and he's gone. It's not that big of a distraction. Or if you overtake a car that's a good chunk slower and then their lights sort of recede quite quickly. But having someone on top of you racing mm. you effectively in the, in the night is hard. So I was like, I want to gap this guy a bit. So I was pushing harder than I should have. Came over this park called the Bellafest, which is super fast and super scary and mega. Like when you get it right, it's great. And then there's a really fast right. And I think I must have just looked in my mirror or, or glanced in my mirror or something. But anyway, I think I braked maybe a meter or two too late fifth gear right hand corner uh -oh. and there's literally zero runoff so it's curb grass armco um so i smashed into the armco pretty oh. hard uh, probably you're calling the guardrail an armco is that what you call yeah it? yeah sorry okay. the guardrail yeah yeah, yeah just yeah. so everyone else knows so that's probably fifth gear it's got to be a hundred mile an hour corner so mm. i go in oh. on the front right big old bang like, re really ringed my bell in the car car goes up a bring bit. you back to irwindale yeah, it was like <laughs> all that training at Irwindale riding the guardrail. Yeah. But oh man, it, it was a big old hit. And I was like, that's it, car's destroyed. Like, there's no way the car is gonna be in shape. It felt like a real big impact, but I could still drive it. I was on three wheels, the steering was all bent and everything. So I, but Oof. fortunately it's quite near the end of the lap. So I just did the really long straight, got it back to the pits got out and it didn't look as bad as I thought the wheel was obviously destroyed. So they ended up having to change front suspension. They changed the steering, I think as a precaution. And then they were out again in, I don't know, it still took a couple of hours. So effectively you're out of the race. The sheer amount of embarrassment. Oh, That's when you said you wanted to crawl into a hole and die, I think. <laughs> yeah, just the pain. Just the, And you get back to the garage and it's not like it's just six of your mates or something. There's like 15 screens there's like millions of mechanics it's a proper big old outfit but they're so good these guys they look at the car they spend about two or three minutes assessing and then someone says okay we do this 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 and this and they get on and do it so mm. i get out of the car i'm a mess i want to oh, cry oh my god you need your dad to come in and hug you at that moment yeah you just need some you need something you know um or someone to shoot you in the head and put you out your misery but um can i add for color commentary when we were on top gear every single episode we ended up at a track and almost every single episode you and i ended up battling for whatever the first place was and a stranger could have told immediately upon arriving who was in what place because when either jethro or i would lose to one another we were pretty inconsolable and i said to jethro at one point i said in your mind like, does everything that's likable about you go out the window when you come in second? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'd rather be dead. I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> so just that's the that's that's with no stakes. Who gives a fuck? It's good TV. Even if you're doing bad, you're doing good. And I know how you feel in those situations. So the notion that you would have come back to the pits knowing that there were several dozen people whose weekends just got altered. I, I just yeah. can't imagine what you were feeling emotionally. Oh, mate, the pain. <laughs> and, and and it's not just that. It's like there's 250,000 fucking people watching <laughs> live. <laughs> there's a lot of people around the world on the live show. And because you've been so absorbed in what you're doing, you feel like the only thing happening in the world at that moment is what you're doing. And so when you get out the car, what you really want is a hundred thousand people there cheering your name and telling you what a God you are, you know, because it feels that big and that important to you. And then you gradually come down and you realize that no one actually cares. You know, it's just, you've done a solid job. Fine. But yeah, you feel like the whole world is looking at you and it's, it's uh, mortifying. I'm, I'm uh, very sorry. That was the outcome. Okay, so now here, this is a moment for a really um, beautiful segue. Just imagining, no one was watching virtually, and you know what you felt. N now yeah. just imagine mm. you're Nick DeVries right now. Oh. Like really oh. just think about what he's probably experiencing emotionally. 
because truly the world's watching 700 yeah. million people are watching as opposed to matt who's kind of on a detective yeah <laughs> he's like he's cross-referencing scoreboards <laughs> to figure out what you're doing like, he's on the hunt to find out what you're doing but really everyone in the world watching you fall short of your goal he has yeah. to be in a mental state that none of us can even comprehend and going to a track similar no room for error yeah, yeah. monaco next yep and this is the one he's got a really fucking shine well so that should lead us to some early predictions i'd imagine because monaco's all about qualifying right yep. so devries has got to absolutely go for broke and it it might make for something spectacular in one direction or the other yeah that's the problem is in that same sort of situation with the track in that you miss your breaking point by two feet whatever you're in the barrier there is no runoff there's no margin for error and like plus you've got a teammate who's potentially going a bit quicker than you so that's another out of pressure and then you realize yeah like you say hundreds of millions of people are scrutinizing you it's so horrible i can't imagine how he feels well i had a similarly heartbreaking weekend and i blame fia entirely and i have opened up uh some litigation i retained counsel today Mm. i have a suit against formula one because had imola happened as was scheduled i wouldn't have been outside playing soccer with my cousin and his son and i would not have rolled my ankle Oh no. I would have definitely been inside because my cousin also loves Formula One. We would have not been outside horsing around. I stubbed my toe and I rolled my ankle to the point where I had to wrap it yesterday. It's going to fuck up my whole week. And that is solely on the shoulders of the FIA, hence my lawsuit. So I don't know if anyone else suffered this weekend as a result of their cowardice in not racing in a little rain. Anyone else go down this weekend when they would have been safe watching the race? You know what I was thinking about you guys yesterday? Because I started to get like a little twinch in my back. Oh, oh. I started pre-stretching and I all I could think about the whole time was when we were working out. I felt that and I was like, every night I would go to bed and I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and this is not going to be good. But I'm okay. So You made it through. I made it through. So you don't want to make this a class action suit against yeah. FIA. Charlie, could you I, I hate on? to say it, but I, I needed the extra time this weekend so oh you did I, you're grateful I, I mean i can make lemonade because you moments. were building your gym this weekend yeah how far along did you get oh about 10 percent of where i wanted to perfect get, so <laughs> i think you and i have the same condition right where it's like i think i'm pretty competent i can build stuff i can do stuff my ability to assess how long that will take me is so fucking wrong i one time was like oh yeah i'm gonna paint this fence around my house it's 360 feet long i think i can knock that out in a saturday mm-hmm. and it proved to be three full weekends i was off by a factor of like nine so i <laughs> the space is is tall ceilings huge but one big rectangle so i i went to home depot got all the paint got a paint sprayer i'm like i'll knock this out no problem i'll sure. do coat one in one night come back the next day smooth it all out easy i spent five hours doing what i thought was a ton and when i looked i was maybe a third of oh. the first coat and i'm like <laughs> Hadn't even gotten to the ceiling I had to tape off, all the pipes, all the other shit. And I'm like, okay, so I can't do this. So <laughs> That's quite a moment in life when you when you admit to yourself you're in over your head. And you yep. can't return the paint sprayer now? <laughs> no. So I got a paint sprayer if anyone needs one. Uh, uh, funny enough, I do. Yeah, well, I got For that one. fence? You lost my game. And so I had a guy come in on Saturday. Oh, wonderful. Coincidentally, a client I was training was like, oh, I'm getting my house painted today. I'm like, I need the guy. Right, send him over here. So he did come over, and they banged it out in the morning on Saturday. No so that's problem. Done. Mm. So now I've moved on to the bathroom and flooring the bathroom. Oh Jesus! With I what? With a wood. wood oh okay. Wood floor. Wood. Okay. First time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Possibly the last. <laughs> First and last. Uh, okay. Great. So I have a fantasy too about laying hardwood flooring. Yeah, it's tongue and groove. So simple. I just fucking bang it snap in. Snap it in. Yeah. So so or what do we find out once we start that process? <laughs> <laughs> they rarely fit how they should uh-huh. cutting it it's it just all everything is not that easy the first thing i asked yeah. is did you watch a youtube video and he's like no no it's tongue and groove baby yeah. there's, a, there's a diagram right on how the insulting to your own intelligence uh, if you gotta no. figure out, have tongue and groove explained to you well I, I told you i think uh, so last weekend i started this fort i'm building with lincoln and i got the base built like the deck but again, I, I did it in my mind. I was like, yeah, it's going to be three hours. Not thinking like, oh, these bolts I'm putting in, they're up against the side of this hill. 
So I actually can't get to those bolts. What now? And then you've got a good hour and a half staring at the posts in the ground thinking, how do I circumvent this major issue? I can't get bolts in or out of there. So it's those things that pop up. How much fury do you get? Mm. Because I build the fury, it builds inside me until I have to start throwing and punching things. And then it all goes away, but it it seems to stress people out around me. I'm like, this is my process. I, it's going to happen. So yeah. just let it happen. And then everything's good. I'm like, I can just flick the switch. But I think it's more stressful for people around me than myself. If you are on the outside watching me do anything, whether it's like working on a car, motorcycle, building something like that, you would be able to know what tier of frustration I'm at. Because I have specific swear words for each rung of the frustration ladder the last of them being childhood scarring words you shouldn't say anymore but they're deep in my soul of me being a, a weak failure so if you were to step outside and hear me and i'm at the like the real naughty pejoratives towards myself you're like oh he's about to throw in the towel this is it. it's yeah. ramping up like motherfuckers yeah. standard any fucking motherfucker there's a lot of fucking motherfuckers those are those are first tier those are, i'm not that upset yet. those are expected yeah but, but when it gets into the calling myself a coward and a failure <laughs> you know we're at the, we're at the apex <laughs> it is funny i did spend so much time staring at this floor mm -hmm. you know like there is so much time like let me just outthink this and it just doesn't you know because it's tongue and groove so they're not all uniforms so you got to use half a one when you cut it you got to put that somewhere so i'm just looking like there's got to be a, a very simple straightforward way yeah not. yeah so all right so I you're the time i didn't get a lot done with that time but i was <laughs> so it's still different. not ready per se no 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 okay we've okay. got a week still so we're good okay so you're hoping to bring it in before monaco maybe that's the goal that's not doable. Well, that's certainly the goal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully by next Monday. You're now exerting the pressure, Dax. You are the team manager with the data. Like, so will it be ready by Saturday morning? I'm gonna swing through. I'm gonna schedule a couple drop-ins. <laughs> like I'm an ocean inspector, just see where we're at. And you're and I'll say I'll ask like really rhetorical questions. Like, and you're gonna keep this next to the outlet there. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Okay, we should discuss Monaco as it yeah. is upon us. Thank God. It's supposed to rain Friday, so fingers crossed. It's supposed to Yeah, there's calling for a little bit of rain every day, even. Well, Just I, a tiny oh, really? bit. I watched last year's recap. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. I forgot what a mess it was. They were in the pit for 45 minutes after the formation lap. And then the Ferrari boys were out front. This was one of the main tactical blunders last season, we think, of Ferrari of fucking up. Well, this was one of the premier examples of that. They brought in Leclerc twice within six laps yeah. they put the wrong tires on if you remember so they were one and two and then ultimately it finished with perez then signs then max then yeah so they fucked up a one two brilliantly last year and this was also a little gossip i didn't realize the extent of it but perez during qualifying put it in the wall at mm -hmm. the end i guess after a lot of people have looked at the telemetry it looks like he did it on purpose yeah really um, yeah. like his acceleration patterns were just not consistent and mm. just it was a soft putting it into the wall wow. so he would start ahead of max yeah but fast forward to brazil then there was a lot of talk about that's why max was like well fuck you i'm not giving you any points you, oh because maybe max believes yeah. in his heart that's what he did yeah yeah that's so he's like it. oh yeah. I'll, I'll 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 friendship shit over yeah and, and most announcers said they're like a lot of people it's I saw kind of unanimous thought that he did it on purpose. Really? Yeah. yeah like, there's a history. There is a history of this at, at Monaco. That was the other thing. Is like it's very easy to hide it. Yeah. It's like you nail that lap. Your first lap after the tires are warm has to be it because mm. that's just gonna happen. So get a hot lap and then fucking beach it into something. Back in the day, Rosberg did it to Hamilton. So he took the escape road. He didn't actually crash the car, but he, he took the escape road, which brought out a yellow flag, which means Hamilton couldn't do it. Schumacher, I think, crashed into the wall to do it before. Because once you're on pole, you're 95% of the way there at Monaco. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a real temptation for people to do it. Leclerc crashed and got pole, but no one actually, I think everyone just expects Leclerc. He's either on pole or he crashes. So that I think that was standard behavior. But yeah, there is a history at Monaco of these things to happen. And I think that's why Perez and Verstappen have the real big problems. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to see the full upgrade package from Mercedes mm -hmm. this weekend, which was scheduled to debut at Emola and, of course, did not. So that's going to make things exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah, because people are talking that it's like 
it wouldn't make sense that this should be the first race that they bring this package. That was the whole point of it being in Imola because now it's it's not designed for this to be the first track. So it could cause a lot. Could be great. It could be an absolute nightmare for them. Well, and so many of these these cars bring a Monaco specific package and yeah. setup. So that's kind of they're throwing these upgrades on a car that's set up just for this one track. But they're kind of desperate. Yeah, they need it. And I think also Ferrari and AlfaTauri are bringing some upgrades. I didn't think about it. It's a unique track. So Red Bull's big advantage in straight line speed with DRS is not going to be as as big an advantage. Merck, the fact that their car's draggy and McLaren is really draggy, again, doesn't make as much difference because there's so much uh, less high speed stuff. So I hesitate to say we'll see a mixed up grid, but I think with Mercedes bringing something big, with Leclerc being such a legend around there, like he's he's fantastic around around the place because he is. We, we should we haven't said it yet. He is a monogast. On three, so. three, two, one, <laughs> monogast. Monogast. Yes. yes, yes. And he's also around there. And and with the Perez um, street circuit stuff and Verstappen, there, there's a chance that it could be really good. And if there's some weather thrown in the mix, then that that will be great. Yeah. Well, well, we got no. Uh, we have no tire warmers. For the intermediates and, and full wets. wets. Yeah. Oh, that, is that a new rule? Mm-hmm. They're trying it out this one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that will be again one of the most arbitrary <laughs> rules. Seems ridiculous. I, seems completely and it's pointless. Only but... for the wets and intermediates. Yeah. So okay. We'll start there. We'll start there. <laughs> just the most dangerous. Yeah. Just the just most the dangerous circumstance the in the track. <laughs> but if it is wet, um, you know, it's going to, of course, neutralize the advantage that certain manufacturers mm-hmm. have. Monaco is interesting, right? Because drivers often have the reputation of being great on race day. Alonso, right? This is one of Alonso's kind of reps is he's not a great qualifier, but he's an incredible racer. I think even Ricardo told me at one point that that was a big criticism of him early on is that he was just, uh, you know, he he couldn't qualify, but he could race all, you know, these people. So it's really a unique showdown of like, who's a great qualifier, which is not necessarily transferable to that's the greatest racer and it's such a slow track and ferrari has an advantage on those slow corners mm-hmm. and they have leclerc yeah um Charles. so i don't know i Austin think martin's also really great on those slow corners too so it's going to be an interesting and then yeah. all you just yeah if uh alonzo gets pole somehow pulls out a good performance he's the guy that will hold everyone off put his elbows out and well alonzo said in this break uh i've never had a fast car as i have now he he believes this is the now he's a two time world champion so I don't know he's interesting this year right I don't know if I believe him anymore one of the things I loved about him is he seemed <laughs> to just call it like it was he was such a prick to the teams he didn't I don't like believe him. and now he loves Lance could that be true he loves Lance I think he loves Lance and now this is the fastest car he's ever driven I can't imagine that's the case if he won two championships no. in a different car so he's kind of this is a curious and peculiar era for alonzo i think he's on his you know so-called victory lap in the sport like he wants to leave loved yeah and he's having a great time there were zero expectations he was going to be better than lance and now he's happened to get a good car like he wasn't expecting this is 10 times better than he was hoping for yeah so i don't know i think he's just having a great time he really i think any any uh f1 driver who knows he can beat his teammate every weekend is gonna love his teammate yeah that's that's where the love come from Um, i think if lance out qualified him once or twice the love would disappear very very quickly (laughs) totally it's easy to compliment a lance's pass when it's for 10th place or something yeah that's a pretty good prediction stay tuned for more f1 with drs This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Give the active people in your life something they'll truly appreciate. Performance apparel from Viore. Whether they're into running, surfing, hiking, or even just casual walks around the block, there's something for everyone. And if you're not sure what to gift them, you can't go wrong with something from Viore's Dream Knit Collection. It's the perfect gift and so comfortable. Get 20% off your first purchase today at Viore. V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Spotify. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Some fun things I read in the break mostly involve Max. So I would like to take two minutes of everyone's time to fanboy out a little bit. There's some things I want to report. First and foremost, uh, Max, he's the third highest paid athlete under 26 years old at $64 million a year. And I guess I wanted to ask you guys, he already has a cool plane. And for people that don't know this, this is incredible. I'm sure we've said it before, but his plane's tail number, which you get to pick, when his number was 33, was 33 DTF. 33, his number, and down to fuck, were his, <laughs> was his tail number on his airplane, which is what happens when a 22-year-old buys an airplane yes, yep. from Richard Branson. So he's already got the down to fuck airplane. So I guess my question for you guys is, what do you think he should buy next, knowing that he's making a 64? Yacht. Okay, you're going yacht. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt? Just from... Like, all I see on TikTok is him sim racing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think the only way he buys a yacht is if he has this, the most insane sim setup in it, and he won't even enjoy the yacht as is. He's just going to be in the sim. Okay, we but have, a, maybe he's got a sim on the yacht. He's got a, the, even a better sim than he has. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's going to get the same sim that he goes to their head office. Like, yeah. that crazy one that's, like, floating in the air. And Jethro? Um, so I have a very strong, as his financial advisor, I have a very strong recommendation. I think he should buy Spa. But, oh my God, we're <laughs> twins! We're twins! <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's written in my notes. <laughs> this motherfucker, Sim, he should get out of the races, get on 33 down to fuck, shoot over to Spa. He should ju- and he should buy like an RB18 car off of Red Bull. And exactly. he should be driving every moment he's not driving. Well, Valtteri <laughs> yeah. bought a racetrack. I'm so glad you said Spa. I was like, he needs to <laughs> buy a so circuit. Funny. No, he needs to buy Spa. <laughs> oh, that felt good. Um, wish you were female so we could lay together after that. That was that was like a soulmate connection. <laughs> is his 64 from Red Bull? Or is that like all in with... He's got to do some. That's a great question. That's a really good question. I got to imagine that he takes a little bit of a hit uh, financially from the personality. Like I could see Ricardo actually having more sponsorships. Yeah, what's he going to sell? Exactly. Imagine him on a fucking O'Reilly's commercial or something, you know? Oh, 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 O'Reilly's. <laughs> Auto parts. Like he just, he doesn't look happy to be consuming any product. No, he's not uh, selling razors or anything. No, I don't want to wear the underwear he wears. No. There's nothing I really want to, he should workout just sell DVD. like video games. Workout and, DVD. Yes, a nice workout, a Jane Fonda-esque <laughs> workout DVD. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what percentage of that is Red Bull, but he doesn't also, I can't imagine him even making time to represent companies, even if it, the money was great. No, I don't think he'd want yeah. to. Yeah. He doesn't go to his girlfriend's friend's wedding because he wants to sim. So, right. Like, I don't think he's doing anything. You have Gillette Razors calls. He's, there's like, just no, no way. I have a sim race. Did you see, was it part of a breakdown of what everyone earns or was it just him? I'd just be intrigued to know what all the other guys earn as well. 
No, it was um there was a soccer player at number one Mbappe. under twenty six who's it was making hundred and one, I think, million. Something like that. Over a hundred. A lot. Then a guy between Max and him at like I forget seventy five or a soccer player, I think, right? No, he was a oh. football or maybe Oh rugby? no, it was Kyler Murray from the Arizona oh, Cardinals. The that's right. Quarterback. It's a American football yeah. league. Yeah, so uh, so he's third, which is great. Another thing I read, which I didn't know, is that he's tied with Vettel for the most Red Bull wins at 38. Yeah. So he could walk away and become the Red Bull GOAT after this weekend. I think that's going to happen, yeah. Another interesting Max thing, he had 15 wins last season, which had beat the previous record of 13 wins by Schumacher in 04 and 13 by Vettel in 2013. So I'm just tracking that, you know, he might get to 16 this year. That's that's pretty exciting and yeah. probably... Seems pretty likely, yeah. Yeah, and I can't imagine getting beat anytime soon. Mm-mm. Last thing, Perez after Miami. I hadn't read this quote by him, but this is what he said after Miami in regards to Max. When I was looking at the data and seeing what Max was able to do, I could simply not do that, and I was struggling a lot. It was not small differences. It was quite big. Mm. So uh, that's it. That's my, um, you know, my contribution to the Max Legend. I just wanted to take two minutes to. I mean, I think Perez had his chance to make his push to take over at the top. He didn't get there. And then Miami, wall, yeah. And then Miami underperformed. So I think now he's got to settle back into his role to keep his job. Although this would be the track where he would make his last, last push. Yeah. yeah, since he won last year and he's he's the street circuit king and blah, blah, blah. This could be it. Imagine if he spins in qualifying oh, again just from P1. Can you imagine <laughs> what would happen? The world would go mad. It'd be brilliant. It'd be better if he goes down that escape road. Doesn't even put it in, yeah. but just down the escape road. Just like a little. Well, generally, yeah. Max goes out after Checo yeah. in quality. So it'll be interesting to see if Max wants to be out in front of Chuck. I wonder if he does. I wonder psychologically if he'll be like, you need to switch me around. Because that's, not only is it a good idea, but it's a real like kick in the teeth to, yeah. to Perez, isn't it? It's basically a psychological, I know you're going to have to cheat to beat me and I'm going to go first so you can't. You know, I think that, yeah, that would definitely be part of his warfare, I think. And then I have one, I have one brand, it's a free advice for Red Bull. This is a branding opportunity that crossed my mind. You know, they label the car. So right now this season, they're driving RB19. That's the name of their current race Mm -hmm. car. Last year was RB18. And do you know Arby's, the roast beef restaurant, Mm, Arby's is a onomatopoeia. It's spelled A-R-B-Y apostrophe S, but it means R, roast, B, beef. That's what RB stands for, Arby's. So I'm suggesting that they start calling the cars Arby's 19, Arby's 18. They should just lift the branding off of Arby's, the roast beef restaurant. I love a good Arby's. Yeah, and it's or we know it well. Soft cheese. Oh, yeah, the melted cheese, the beef and cheddar with the mm, onion. I rolled. love the shakes. The mm, shake. Sure. How so about the horsey good. sauce over there? The little bit of horseradish yeah. and mayonnaise. I like the horseradish. Yeah. It just seems like a really great opportunity for both Arby's and Red Bulls. So. Yeah, I'd love to see him taking down a, a roast beef sandwich post-race also um, oh yeah or having max drive through a pyramid of um beef and cheddars at speed <laughs> in the rb19 red, red bull have famously always been terrible at marketing back so you've just given a, a, <laughs> yeah, a it's good that you're coming up with ideas for the no one's heard of those guys yeah that's like me going to the bulls with an idea for a new three guard <laughs> you know it'd be a great three guard you know, Jordan? No, no. I was thinking someone else. Uh, okay, so uh, what kind of fun pulp from the paddock did you stumble across, well, Matt, in you your know, off we, time? When you weren't watching the Norschlinger or whatever. Do you know we were worried where Yos was, right? We were all stressed out. We found him. I found him. Yos won his first rally car race last weekend. Of so, course he did. Of course he did. And apparently there was a little drama. He wasn't first, but then the car in front of him... They finished the race second, I think. And then later on, there was some penalty that, so oh. he didn't just clean win. There was like a little controversy and a penalty that brought the Maybe some politicking back. behind the exactly. scenes. And okay. I think he raced again this week, this past weekend, and he got second. Oh, wow. So he's killing it in rally car right now. So maybe we're not going to see him for a while because I don't know when the next one is. If he's just 
that's what he's going to do. Jethro, do you know anything about the series he's racing in? Is, is that the premier rally series, or is he in like a Bozo, Lamont, I don't know. Lemons? I don't know. What Do you know that, Matt? You, I, I haven't seen him. It was the uh, Monteberg Rally in Belgium. Okay, yeah, it sounds more like a um, national championship. Would yeah. it be an historic car, or was it a new car? Do you know? I, I don't know. I think it was a new yeah. car. I'll look into it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, anyone who goes rallying is is good in my book. They're, those guys are lunatics. Maybe yeah. we could get uh, Yosan as our fifth for our 24-hour rally. Oh, oh that would be great. As our closer. Yeah, as our closer. Yeah, we mm. can't put him in early. Cause or maybe he, not know, even to might... drive, but just to fuck around with the other cars. Do some politicking. Uh-huh. Yeah, I some campaigning that. on our behalf. He could just go kneecap all our opposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah some, some skull cracking. <laughs> I will say that does seem like the motorsport that he's most designed to compete yes. in because it's so aggressive and violent yeah uh, that... he stays up 24 hours a day anyway yeah he doesn't I, need sleep. I kind of weirdly feel like we'd all maybe get along with him really oh, well i guarantee you put you get like a, a dinner with trump yos putin i bet it's a <laughs> fucking blast you're like god i wish i wasn't having so much fun at this dinner but boy these these guys are pretty funny they're pretty dark but they're pretty funny i gotta give it to them <laughs> remember when Chappelle Chappelle hosted uh he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he was saying that when he heard Trump call COVID Kung Flu, he said his reaction was, you racist, hilarious <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, my God, it's wild. You racist, hilarious man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, we got another one. Gasly is now has some breathing room. So two of his penalty points today have now been stripped because oh. it's a, it's been a year. So he's not that he was probably caring, but probably good timing to happen just before Monaco that he okay. doesn't have to have that stress. And he's kind of a beast at Monaco. Last year he was all over Ricardo and made a pretty yeah. impressive pass on him. Exactly. Like he likes Monaco. Yeah. And for our viewing pleasure this year, this is the first year ever F1 is producing the content in Monaco. Oh, they are? Yes. So they switched it all up. And so we're probably going to have a better viewing experience. They did weekend. so well in years past. Yes, they really killed it. I mean, that's that's a hit or miss for me because you're you're taking a hit on the comedy front, but you're going to mm-hmm. get a better mm-hmm. better viewing experience. Mm-hmm. But I, I was enjoying what a fiasco it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird to see a giant event that was... <laughs> broadcast like that it yes. just it was yeah that it was, was zebra striping and mm-hmm. freezing and the audio yeah. was off mm-hmm. monogask 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 that's gonna be better there was a story that i heard happened in 97 there was a bit of a weather failure situation at the monaco gp so i forget what team it was i think it was mclaren there was going to be a lot of rain and they didn't know they didn't have the same technology they have now with weather systems. So they sent someone from the team down the coast about 20 miles to see if it was going to be raining Mm -hmm. and to choose which tire. So they sent him down. He reported back that it is not raining. Start with the dries. Okay. Over a payphone, I presume. Yes. They were the only car that started on dries and he came back completely dry and they realized they sent him 20 miles in the wrong direction. Oh, so that Jesus. was not where the weather was coming from. It was where the weather was going and they completely failed the race and it was an absolute disaster. Sent oh, him in the wrong direction. Oh boy. Um, we got a nice heartwarming story. Our favorite boy, Yuki, was just in the streets cleaning up in Amola. Like it when Vivriz was nowhere to be seen, but Yuki was sweeping the streets, shoveling the mud and from the instant from the flood. Oh, he was he a w- first responder. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah, that's really right. down that. there. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. So wow. he, he really kind of that's impressive superstar move because he 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 presents as lazy. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I'm making that judgment just based on the fact that he does not want to exercise. Yeah, and that's probably wrong. So I guess he's yeah. not lazy. And this is adorable. Yeah, and there was an interview with his trainer, actually, and I identify with this because I'm eating my meal and currently thinking about what potentially my next meal could be and where we're going to get it from. And Yuki's that same way. His trainer was saying that they'll be working out, and he's like, so the very start of the work, he's like, so where are we going to eat for dinner? What are are we going to do? And all he ever talks about is food, Mm. and I love him for that. So you were, and you guessed that he would be the best chef in the yeah. group. Yeah. And that's kind of, and I think numerous interviews he's now talked about, like he would rather have a Michelin star restaurant than anything else. Mm. So I, maybe I had something about Yuki. Please. Yuki is paid by Honda. 
So that's that's part of their deal that Yuki oh. gets paid by Honda, not by Alpha Tauri. He's paid by Honda, so he's like a Honda driver. And there is an almost certainty that Honda are going to be Aston Martin's yeah. next engine supplier. Yeah. So just saying, come oh. 2026, if Yuki's in a good position, maybe he will be uh, an Aston Martin driver. He would be what, presumably taking over for a retiring Alonso at that point? Because Lance Stroll's never leaving that sea, right? As long as Lawrence is alive. Yeah, I would assume not. Um, but yeah, I was just... Uh, it's funny, all that politics stuff you don't think about, but the fact that Honda pay Yuki, so he brings some of that Honda money with him. Um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting, and that Aston Martin are almost certainly look like they're going to be the Honda Works team when the new engine regs come in, so there's definitely a tie-up there for the future. Also, there was a little talk about who is going to replace DuVries, and Daniel did go to AlphaTauri to the location and did a seat fitting... Yep. And then immediately thereafter, they said he's not an option. I gathered that no one is really an option. It's other rookies that are in lower classes that are doing well that they don't want to yank. Yeah. And I gathered it was just kind of a threat from everything yeah. ever. Like, there's no real... Can you imagine plausible. being Daniel and you're like, you're in this role as the alternate driver and they call and they're like, hey, we need you to go to Italy and sit in the seat. Yeah. He's like, why? Oh, yeah. oh, we just need to fuck with DeVries. Can you... Are you available? <laughs> I, and he's like, yep. Suck me up. I think... I think both reserve drivers for AlphaTauri are also fighting for their championships in their current leagues. Yeah. So they're saying that like they don't really want to bring them up to take over DeVries because they want to let them do their thing, get their experience, like win their series. But so it's gonna yeah, be interesting to see. And the guy they said that they they were betting on, I didn't recognize the formula that he was racing in. It was called. It, it wasn't was, called like Formula right. Two or three. It was something different. Super Formula. Super, super formula, formula in Japan. Yeah. What the fuck is super formula? It's a good formula. I think it's um, it's a high level. It's the equivalent of Formula 3, probably. But Japan has often had these strange series, but they're very, very hard to do well in because there's a lot of local guys on local tracks. And mm. if you do well there, you're, you're generally pretty talented. So this Liam Lawson guy has gone out there and immediately, I think he won a race and he was on a podium, so he's done really well. But if they did get rid of DeVries, they're putting Danny in the car. I don't care what they say publicly. Why wouldn't you? You've got an asset there, marketing-wise, a benchmark for Yuki, because Yuki looks like he's taking a step up, but we don't really know at the moment because DeVries is having a nightmare. They are 100% going to put him in the car if, if DeVries goes. I love this prediction. Mm -hmm. I mean, also financially, they're already paying him. So yeah, it seems there's no downside. There's no downside to, to do it that he's not being pulled out of a championship. He could win. Yeah. If he came in and didn't do well, well, his, his career is at a stage. Why risk a young guy bringing him in, having a nightmare? And then you, you're just, you've signed him out forever. Almost. You know what I mean? Formula one's so like that. If you come in and it's a year too early, and you could end up being a talent, but it's a year too early. You're not as experienced. It's game over. Their career's done. So why put that risk? I just think, why wouldn't you put Danny in the car? doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, the only person I could imagine not wanting that would be maybe Daniel. Yeah. yeah. I could imagine going like, well, shit, I have, I'm not even in the headspace. I haven't been driving all yeah. year and, and Yuki's doing well. It would be quite embarrassing if I show up there and drive worse than Yuki. I'm expected to be faster. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot of risk and a little reward because at best he'll be faster than Yuki, but that won't put him anywhere close to yeah. a championship. And it might affect contracts for next year. No, people... but he could, being faster than Yuki will get him in the points. He'll he'll climb up, you know. Yeah. Versus going in for, you know, Perez or something. He's not going to. But it's kind of looked at as the worst car this season. So it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, he should do it, obviously. Oh, he should just drive yeah. so we can root for him and pick him for 10th. It'd be so fun to be able to pick Ricardo for 10th. Oh, that'd be so exciting. Oh, he'd get my vote a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Charles, do you have anything exciting that you uncovered that you're apt to share with us? Um, you got a kinda, big document in front I've of got you. A, You've really done your homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have four or five pages written over there. I think there. we can kind of put to rest the Leclerc to Mercedes rumor that okay. was going around. Um, there were some talks about Leclerc possibly being of interest to Mercedes, but Toto has come out again and said he's ready to put pen to paper and get Lewis long-term. Leclerc has said the same about Ferrari. Some stuff came up this morning, though. Uh-oh. This morning? The very this, this just morning. In? So the Daily Mail was saying that they understand that the Italian team are willing to break the bank to land Superstar in a $40 million a year to get Lewis. 
So there are still like that. We thought the rumors like a couple weeks ago were done with that. And then now the rumors are coming back. And this is the company president. Apparently John Elkin is already in close contact with Hamilton. So like Hamilton was spotted driving a Ferrari around Monaco this mm-hmm. weekend. That was an Instagram. So now, 40 million, but so he's not going to do it for less. He's at least 63. He already maxes. So the clerk and science are there through 2024. So what would that look like? And, and, Lewis, his contract expires this year. So, would they? These be, contracts don't mean they shit. They don't mean though. anything. That, okay. Though, because I pulled through everyone's contracts to see, but yeah, I think money talks. And if if Lewis said I'm done, and they could do a swap with Leclerc and Lewis and and Merck get let's say an extra twenty million, thirty million, or whatever for that swap, that they would do it. I I bet they would. I think it's all about Hamilton's motivation and whether um, Leclerc just feels like Ferrari are just done and are never going to win a championship again, which from the outside looking in feels like a very real possibility at the moment. Which also, I wouldn't think Lewis would want to blow up that relationship to go to Ferrari at this point because what... To me, this whole thing reeks of Zach Brown last season, which is like, instead of looking at the car, he's hyper-focused on these two drivers. Like, it's 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 a push between Lewis and Charles. I mean, Charles is probably faster at this point. I, that's what I think. But regardless, you're talking about the second and third best drivers. You're going to swap them. Everyone's going to swap them, break up all these contracts, pay all this money. Ultimately, it's the cars, the, the, for Ferrari, it's strategy dependability that they're not addressing. And then for uh, Mercedes, the car's not fast. So I don't know how either of these swaps does well, anything. Well, sitting for, in third and fourth overall, it's not because of the drivers. Right. It has nothing to do with those two drivers. Yeah, I think you're right. From the team's point of view, they need to concentrate on the cars. But I can see the appeal for the drivers. Because Hamilton... Nearly everyone who raced in F1, the idea of ending your career at Ferrari, having that experience, having the Tifosi and all that almost religious experience around Ferrari. I think every kid growing up go-karting probably wants that. So I can see there's a motivation there. And I think Leclerc on the inside, if he's looked around and thought, Ferrari's never doing it, it's done. Like my only chance of winning a championship is with Red Bull or Mercedes. And if Mercedes is there... I can see the appeal from his point of view as well. So I don't I don't think it necessarily makes sense for the team and they're not going to see a big jump from either because they're both such high-level drivers. But I can see from the driver's point of view why it might make sense. I think because we're newer to the sport, we don't have the same kind of reverie for Ferrari that it warrants. Like I mm-hmm. just saw this breakdown yesterday of how many first and second podium finishes Red Bulls had career-wise. And I want to say it was in the 23 range. And Ferrari has 84 one two finishes they're so far out ahead of anyone else then it's mercedes with you know 50 some which is a lot but you just look at the yeah. history of that it's like three x of red Bull's success i mean i'd love some lewis ferrari gear if i'm if that's my, sexy my opinion matters I'd, I'd take it yeah i think it would be pointless for both teams but sure I, it could probably happen also what do you guys think this is probably our best chance at seeing a non-red bull win i think yeah we yeah. have ferrari this is their track They've got their driver that's a proven qualifier. Race pace doesn't really matter. Right. Which is where Ferrari kind of sucks. It sucks. Mm-hmm. We also have Alonso who's just a bulldog out there. He could pull something off and hold his own in the front. So I think we'll see it this weekend. Well, yeah, this really favors Ferrari because Mercedes is slow in qualifying and has better race pace than the rest. They always climb the whole time. Yep. And there'll be no climbing. So no. they unless these upgrades are enormous. Yeah, I think it's reasonable to think that Ferrari again. Clerk has taken pole the last two years. Yeah, that's does it again? I'm, I think I think we'll see it. And then let's see if Max can pull out a miracle. I like Alonso on this one. You do. I yeah. will look. That would be the. I think he just gets into this headspace that he can like really focus, and that's what this race is about. It's like you got to focus, even if you're in the lead. You can't make a mistake. You just got to get in this hypnotic state the whole way through. I've just never seen him. I've never seen him on pole. Maybe he, he has. He might and I also missed it, be but... too distracted by the yacht. He might be checking out too much. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening? Other thing. Yeah. Too many other things. Trying to see TV sets on the back of yachts mm-hmm. so we can check in with Lance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's do our tenth predictions. Uh, tenth place predictions. Which really, you're saying, who do you think is going to qualify in tenth? basically yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's start with our favorite brit jethro bovington who are you feeling this race it's tough isn't it um 
And just to remind everyone, you've yet to win and Charlie's yet to win. Is that the yeah, scoreboard? Yeah, sure I'm is. terrible at this. I've been close a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Ocon. Okay. Well, that's a good staple for you. Yeah. I like I like the idea of Alpine. I want Alpine to do better. And I think um, their car is pretty quick. They tend to mess up in the race. But in qualifying, I think Ocon can do it. So it's between Alpine and maybe the um, Haas cars. But yeah, I'm going to go Ocon. I'm going next. Uh, I'm going to say Lando. Ah. Uh oh. Charlie's mad. He's upset. That was mine. He's that was yours. It's at the very top of my 45 page. (laughs) Julie Rochambeau. I now I feel guilty. No, I don't want him anymore. Okay. Okay. So do you need time to think? Probably now. Should I go to Matt next? Yeah, go to Matt. Okay, Matt. Who are you? Oh man, I got a few here, and. Oh, this is tricky. This is a weird one to guess. It is. Because there's so many variables here. The race is irrelevant. I'm between yeah. I'm between Lewis and Stroll. Whoa. I really think I don't know. But then I worry about Lewis because I think that he's either gonna do better than he's done or crash. So Mm. I think it's too risky. I think I'm gonna stick with Stroll. Okay, Canadian to Canadian. What was that? You're going to be that your yours? Oh, <laughs> you should have gone. By the way, you'll end. This will be the week you win. Yeah, we probably saved be. you from two bad choices. You kind of have to pick Yuki again. Oh, we, you didn't yeah. last week, and it almost was a disaster that you didn't pick him. All right, we're going to go with Yuki. There we go. That's the safest. Yeah. that's the safest. Path. I would have fought for a rule change if you didn't pick him, and then I would have gone like really appealed to the FIA that we can use Yuki again but yes if he's going unclaimed yeah our new rules are Max always starts in 12th and Yuki you can't bet on Yuki they're refining this they're going to get more and more complicated um well look I'm very excited it's back I think it's going to be you know despite the fact that there's very little passing in the race I think it's gonna be a very exciting Mm -hmm. race for all the reasons you mentioned I think there's a lot of a lot of potential podium contenders this weekend more than normal mm. to be fair the last two years leclerc was on pole and didn't win so there is some movement yeah, yeah. just not a ton but yeah it's not a given necessarily so we'll see a little action well i want to close out by saying you know among the greatest moments of my life have been the birth of my two daughters i'd say starting armchair that's up there and then i'm putting really neck and neck with those experiences jethro us both knowing that Max should buy Spa. <laughs> that felt so good on a cellular level. I just feel at, at harmony with everything in the world now. It, it is a shame we're not in the same room because it would have been a real moment. <laughs> we could have really hugged and high-fived. Yeah, yeah maybe even a kiss on the kiss cheek, little, yeah. French style, yeah. <laughs> well, I love you boys. I'm so excited we're going to be back in the basement this weekend, oh. spending our weekend together. You, Charlie, you got to finish that fucking gym because we got to pump and watch p3 and quality all together and we can't wait to get to you next tuesday for our debrief on upcoming monaco so until then we urge you to push 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 push